Welcome back, everybody, to the Bullets in the Deep End podcast. Speaking to you right now is your host, Ethan Addison, with my brother, Adrian, right here. What's going on, everybody? My co-host. And I'm here today with my other co-host speaker and guest speaker, too, as you can say. Um, uh, the one and only B-Boy, fitness guru and MC, Sal, the What's Vital. What's long, And then along today, we have a special guest speaker. Goes by the name of DJ Tesso right here. What's up, what's up, what's Some of up? you may or may not know him. Um, he's a really well-respected DJ and has worked with multiple big-name celebrities from G-Unit to DJing at red carpet events and continues to perfect his craft as we speak, talk and speak today. Mm-hmm. His story is like none we, we have heard before. Facts. He has literally faced death in the eye, survived a near-death experience, came out of a coma and fought to change the world with his biggest hobbies, music, and fitness. Um, so, Tesso, take us back to the beginning and just tell us a little bit about yourself and growing up. Yeah, oh, thanks. That was a no, that no. was a cool intro. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's 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 for you, man. Well yeah, red carpet so, layout. Uh, so back in the day, um, I was like nine years old. I just had started with um, mixing cassette tapes and doing okay. mixtapes, and then fast forward a few years, my grandma ended up you know, getting me uh, turntables and stuff like that. But prior to that, I was in a car accident. And um, there was a ton of shit that went down in the car accident. Right, so so before the car accident, you was DJing and whatnot, or was it, like, kind of after? Like, how did it go? So before you was DJing and whatnot, right? Yeah. And then, so describe, like, how did you get into, like, DJing, though? Because it says, like, it just popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, because you're nine years old. Let me tell you, when I was yeah. nine years old, I wasn't thinking about doing nothing at nine years old, bro. Yeah. I don't even... You playing bro, hunt and seek? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was playing manhunt, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I was so yeah, scared of... Hunt. I was so scared of the dark scene with a nightlight. Like, you're over here mixing cassettes. And, like, yeah. how does that even come to what? a nine-year-old? Well, I was, I was a kid. I just learned a ton of different music. My mom, like... My mom put me onto house music. My dad taught me um, hip-hop. And my stepdad taught me rock music. And during that time, there was like a ton of cassettes uh, in in uh, my mom's bedroom, so I was like, "Let me uh, throw some on, throw some on." So then I was listening to the radio one day, and I was wondering if I could like record on them and stop and play, stop play, and I would record on it. So that's how the whole idea of mixtape, because that you could record over the commercials. Right, like I mm-hmm. like at a young age, like with music, I was so big into it. Like you know, what I'm saying me growing up, like it was like what. Well, I was born in 97, but I grew up in like that 50 cent era and like where you had yeah. to put the CDs on and whatnot. But the cassettes, I remember because my dad used to have those. So he used to put them on. And like in that era, like you're a little, little bit older than me, like they had the cassettes and whatnot and the turntables. Yeah, I remember mm. walking around but, school with the CD player. But that's dope. At nine years oh, old. Oh, shit. Hell I would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At nine years I used old. to rob CD players from liquidators. <laughs> no, yo, you remember, the, you remember the coach had the, the CD player? Oh, pocket, yeah. The yeah, big right. inside pocket oh, yeah. with the CD player. But that's, that, right, that's right. great. He got like some creative juices right there. Like he had three of like house, rock, and hip hop. So yeah. would you say that your whole family, like was your family big into music? Were they into music? Like like they have like a type of career in music or they just had it like as a hobby and you just kind of picked up so on it? So my grandma's always been so much into music. My mom was actually going to be a DJ and that's what inspired me. Like my mom told me to keep going with it. She was like, you got to keep going with it. I'm going to, you can take over my legacy because I didn't get to do it. Mm. So, um... It started there, but um, I have entertainers in my family. My, uh, my great grandfather, he used to do stand up, uh, stand up comedy back, back, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Do wow. you have any old like, like videos of that, like uh, for yourself, like to see him do his old nah, comedy? No, it's all gone. Nah, or? those are gone. Yeah. That that's dope though with the whole DJ and stuff. So, you know, you DJ ain't doing anything. You getting you getting your creative juices there at nine, and that's such at a young age. So, 
Tell us about that night, like leading up to like that coma. So, well, first, how old were you though? Like, I want to get that straight. Now. Like, how old were you leading up to this point? Went to, when I got into the car accident, yeah. I was eleven. Wow. Okay. So from nine to eleven, I was just yeah, I was just learning, I, and I always knew I had like something to do with music. Like that was that was just that in was you. it. Yeah. yeah. Did you make anything within that like time period before that point? Like, did you actually make something? Like, did you could like. Like, yo, mom, pop, look, I made something. Like, boom, played it. Yeah, like little cassette tapes. I don't even know if I have them. I got to check. I have a ton of cassette tapes at my house, but I might I might have a few to... Yeah, you ever make one for, like, a girl? Yo, my little brother, he's like, yo, 10, 11, he's like Rico Suave over at Casanova, like, talking about, like, flowers to, like, 10 years old. So, like, yo, <laughs> did you? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I used to make CDs. Everybody always used to hit me up for CDs. I'm like, yo, get online. You know, I have a huge. Pe- I have so many people ask me for CDs. They had uh, LimeWire, WinMix, BearShare, LimeWire. Yeah, yeah. Those are the yeah, days. So, so like, talk about that night though, specifically, because I know that really had that that really track, like you know, that impact on you. So, talk about this shit. Leading so, to I was 11 years old. My uh, family they went upstate to visit my my aunt and uncle, and I I hung back with my boys. And uh, his family, and we went to like ice skating or something like that. And uh, we came back. It was three days after Christmas, December twenty eighth, two thousand two. Wow. And um, on the dot, you remember it? Yeah. And uh, we wanted that Dragon Ball Z game that we didn't get for Christmas, and uh, we kept begging his parents, begging his parents, and then uh, we, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't bring us, they wouldn't bring us. And his brother rolled up, and they were like, he's like, I'll take you guys. So we went, we went out there. What's crazy about this is that. I remember getting in the car and then we were right about to leave and his brother was like, nah, I got to go back up and grab some. And I always think about that. I'm like, wow, if we left when he originally left, I would have never been in that car accident. And then he came back down. We went, we went to, uh, we went to block, we were heading to, towards Blockbuster. We were going down uh, 13th Avenue and it happened on 81st and 13th. The guy blew the stop sign. He was in a Ford Explorer. We went a Mazda two door and it clipped like more of the back end. I was in the back end. Uh, my boy got knocked out in the front. The car spun around, hit another car, and I got flung from one side of the car to the other. Right, and and the seatbelt, you not having a seatbelt, right? We talked about it didn't save your life. Yeah, that saved my life because if I wore a seatbelt, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Anymore. That's wait, well, how, yeah, how, how, actually, how, how, because how, it would have, it would have kept me staying where I was and not flung me, yeah. and the, the truck would have crushed me. Yeah, not not even to cut you guys off. It's it's true. Last year. I uh, was on the Belt Parkway real quick, um, mm-hmm. and I happened to, to to see a car accident. I was there a minute later of when it happened. I seen a car right on top of the guardrail like this. What? Butt down, nose up like this on top of a guardrail. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Smoke inside the car, smoking smoking out the windows. Um, so we were like, yo, we have to get out of the car and help these people out. What's going on? The... It was an Uber driver. The Uber driver, uh, Uber driver had his whole uh, side smashed into his knees. He couldn't even move. The two people in the back that were um, passengers, they just happened to be coming from the airport. Uh, one of them was a female. She went flying into the front seat. She wasn't wearing her seatbelt, and she actually lived because the guy that wore the seatbelt in the back. I remember that. He had bro. The seatbelt sliced his stomach open. So as soon as I opened the back door, one of my boys, Joey, he was like, bro, this guy's guts are out right now. And the guy was still in shock. I was tapping him on the the shoulder to like keep him awake. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was just like, this is insane. You never know if you should be wearing a seatbelt yeah. or not. You know, it's just, I mean, you're supposed to be. The backseat, like, if you would, yeah. Right. So right, imagine. The, how long ago was that? This was um, like, not this summer that just passed last summer in July. July, wow. I feel like July 12th. I, I, I feel like I remember the date. And we were just like, this is insane. Yeah, it was all like, over I, the news. Yeah, oh. exactly. As soon as it happened, I was like, tomorrow, this I, is going to be right up. Yeah, on I remember calling him. I'm like, yo, there's something happened on the belt. And then he's like, yo, I was there yesterday. Yeah. Nuts, Damn. Bro. And then. With you, Tesla, mm -hmm. that shit just flung you out, but that shit saved your life. But I stood in the, I stayed mm -hmm. in the car. Yeah, but you went. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, flung, they flung me to one side, and then the ambulance rode up, but they couldn't pull me out of the car, so they had to cut the car in half and then cut all, cut me out of my clothes. So they like pulled me out of the car naked. Sick. Wait, so then how did like how did your injuries occur like in the accident itself? Like what happened? Yeah. I had I had broken the right side of my body, like my clavicle, shoulder, ribs. I bruised my legs and stuff like that. I uh, had a hole in my lungs. I was internal bleeding, and then uh, they brought me to the hospital. And uh, my mom at the time, when she wasn't home, she got a call from uh, somebody I was living with us, and they were like, "Oh, Danny was in an accident. They didn't know how bad, so they they try to rush there as soon as they can." And uh, it was it was no joke, but. Did they, so your whole right side was shattered, right? Yeah. And did they perform surgery? What did they do? No, they, so they had, they had me on the table. Well, they told me that my mom, this is what my mom told me, because I don't remember. Yeah, what this. did they tell your mom? She, she, she said that they, I like was pronounced dead for like a minute or two until they revived me back. And then I threw up and that's how they knew like my body was stable. Yeah. Cause you threw up, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Right. Holy shit. And so. And then boom, like you just went to a coma. Like, what's that? Like, how does that process go? I mean, <laughs> like, that like, yeah, what's yeah, that like? Yeah, like, I, like, it's, like it's, because you're like, yo, I went in there, hospital table, like they revived me. And then it's like, you, yeah, they, what do you remember? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, was it like black wake up, whatever X amount of time later, or was there like right. things in between that maybe like you came in out? Like from when from when it happened, I, it was really dark. I just remember it being dark, and then I was just getting glitches in and out. Like I woke up. And I looked forward and I see my mom at the bottom of my bed, but I didn't know where I was. I didn't even know what happened. Mm -hmm. And then I just passed back out. And then I just remember like little things happening, like my, my stepdad saying like something about my legs, like just trying to make me laugh, trying to just get me going or something like that. And then um, a story happened with Dr. Stern. You guys know who Dr. Stern is? Of course. That's the man, the myth, the, the legend man, with the Shout iron fucking yeah. thumb. Like yeah, make me cry. So. Amazing chiropractor. Really, Amazing really chiropractor. For sure, yo. Dr. Ian Check Stern in Bay Ridge. Mm -hmm. So he, my mom worked for him for eight years. And uh, he, he came to the hospital. He doing like pressure points on me and stuff like that. And then right after, he handed me his phone. And this is when I was in a coma. And suddenly, I just started to move. This was like the first signs of me coming out of the coma. Because originally, I was either going to be a vegetable or I was going to die. That's what the doctor said, yeah. right? Fuck. And what was the length of that coma from the point of the accident to, I guess, the point that Joe was talking about? It was about a month. It was three and a half weeks. Right. And then, you know, it's funny. You said, like, how the doctor said you was going to be a vegetable or die. I had a similar encounter when I had, um, for those that, you know, just tuning in or just hearing my story, like, I had a similar encounter when I had surgery. Like, when I had this tumor in me, the doctor was like, oh, it's cancer. Or it's like, is this Ewing sarcoma? And, and like, you know, doctors just throw shit out there, like, without, 
without like thinking about people's feelings because i could imagine what your mm-hmm. mother was feeling so like yeah, yeah. think about it, my mother was right there and at that time my dad just passed away like a couple of weeks ago from cancer yeah, so. so he's just like oh yeah like yeah without you, even they're checking. always what giving a, the worst case yeah. scenario yeah. right just, but it's just, just like i'm a young kid i'm about to go to college and he just threw it out there and like the doctor's just saying that about you and that brings me back because just throughout that shit and it's like what the fuck i can imagine what your mom's feeling because my mom like she literally like broke down and in my head i'm like um am i gonna have to do chemo how's it gonna affect me and then like i just was like oh shit because this tumor been in me for months they did a biopsy yeah they did a biopsy everything was good but i could like like i said i could imagine what your mother was feeling and did, did did you remember them saying that to you or your mom saying that to you or not oh i was so in that coma you was it's like you're awake, but you're not awake. It's like when they when you're in the surgery, like I don't know if you ever been in like surgery where they like numb you up or like kind of mm-hmm. sedate you and you're up. Is it like that? Yeah, I, I remember little things happening, but I couldn't respond. So it was like I was able to talk in my own mind, but then right, nothing would come out. Because I remember like this is gonna sound funny. I remember when I was at the dentist and they like sedated me to uh-huh. remove my wisdom teeth, and he's like, "Are you with me?" And I'm like, "I'm like that," but I'm like, I'm sleep, but I'm I'm like. You know, You're still kind of conscious. I'm there, but I'm not there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I don't know if was that's... Was it like that or was it like full conscious mentally, but your body's not responding? Well, I was also... They had me on a ton of morphine, so okay, I was okay. also probably... So probably the same way yeah, you were. I was, just pro- like, I was uh, probably drugged up, but I, I just remember having little like spurts of like coming back to life. And and Dr. Stern will help you with the pressure points. Yeah, he, he, he hit some pressure points right before that, and then he handed me the phone. This is what the story I've been told. And mm-hmm. then... uh I started coming out of it. I don't. I don't remember that incident, but that that that's what the story and I was told. What was the recovery process like? Um, you know, like for the coma when I like during those months. What was the recovery? You said like you know you was in a wheelchair. Like it was hard for you to walk. So it was like you're reborn again. You're trying to get to know your yeah. body and get like the blood flowing in those areas. Yeah. Because I remember from my recovery, it's sort of similar to you. I had to learn how to walk again too yeah, yeah. and raise my hands over my head. I couldn't even do that. Yep. And I couldn't even, like I said, I couldn't even wipe my, because it affected my ribs and whatnot, my back, my nerves. I couldn't even wipe my ass, bro. Yeah, man. Shit. I, yeah. My, my mom was, I was like a baby all again at 11 years old. Yeah, you was, t- especially at 11. Yeah, I think me and you could relate on that because I was like that too. I was walking like mass slow. And like when I was doing my laps, I was like, <gasps> I was like breathing hard. I'm like, I felt like 50 Cent in that movie, Get Rich to Die Trying. I was 17 okay. when that happened. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like get rich to die trying. Like you know, I'm walking. I'm like, oh shit. So for you, it was kind of like similar, but ten times worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten times worse. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was, let us know what was that like. Though. I was like, it was uh, it was just it was hard because learning how to like, um, I had a I, I lost a ton of memory, and I was like trying to remember things, and like I was coming back little by little, little by little, and I had to learn how to walk, talk, right again, and. Um, so during that process of learning how to walk, talk, right? Was it like, okay, you know that I I used to know how to walk. Yeah. You know you used to know how to walk. You know you used to know how to talk. And now you're like, crap, I can't walk and I can't talk. I have to relearn it. Or was it like, did it feel like I never used to walk or I never used to talk? No, I felt like I had a, like, I was in a ton of pain. I couldn't, I, I like, I was like, oh, shit, I got to do this again. Like, I remember waking up all the time um, because I would try to, like, lean over, like, while I was sleeping and I couldn't. Like, it would just keep constantly waking me up because my whole body was all fucked up. And I was just like... Yo, mm. how did that affect you mentally, though? Because think about it. Listen, right. you wake up and you can't move. You can't communicate with other people. You can't yeah. express what you're going through. 
I mean, I can only imagine, I can't really, I can only imagine the type of mental struggle or, you know, obstacle that would be for me. Was that a mental struggle for you? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I, I remember waking up and I was constipated for a month. So I kept like not trying to rely on my mom. I thought I, I, I was able to do it. So I would like try to hop to the bathroom on one leg and stuff like that. And uh, I couldn't because obviously I was right. all messed up. And you're 11 years old. And like, I remember when I was, and I was 17. So like, yeah. and I was seeing little kids going through that because 17, you're in the pediatrics, you're yeah. not in the adults. And you're saying you was constipated. I think that's from all the medication yeah, and everything yeah. that's happening. Same shit with me. I was shit. Like I said, I felt like I was shitting, right? Like huge bl- loads. I'm sorry for everyone out there. Them shits was like this, bro. Yeah. Like mad, tiny, yeah. and small. And, and, Again, I needed my mom to like, you know, I felt, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then when I woke up, like you said, you wake up and feel that. Like I woke, I couldn't even sleep because I wake up and my whole right side and my legs was numb. Yeah. You know, my right side was numb. My legs were numb. I couldn't feel my ass. Like, I don't know what the fuck I was laying on. So, damn, bro. Like I, I got a good story. So, <laughs> so one time I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, all right, I got this. So I was, I hopped myself to the bathroom. The lights were off and, uh. I went to go sit on the bowl and somebody left the seat up. So I fell in the bowl. Oh, so I'm screaming no. for my mom. I'm like, yo, ma, yo, ma, I'm in the fucking toilet. <laughs> and I couldn't go to the bathroom. And she she came running in. She was hysterical laughing. Fuck. <laughs> she left me in the toilet. I was like, yo, get me out of here. I'm stuck. Wait, that's the thing I was scared about when I went on my like daily walks. Like I was like, yo, what if I like, get out of breath and I can't move? And like. You know, there was no one yeah, around. Yeah, stands out. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? You by yourself going on these walks? Or? Yeah, I was because I didn't, you know, like you said, I think as like young men and men in general, like you was, you was 11, but I'm just saying it's like it's like a pride thing. Like, you know, I'm going to try to do it on my own. So you, I was like. You get to a point in age where that just becomes that kind of natural where it's yeah, like I want to yeah. do so things on myself now. I, I was like, I was like, nah, I'm going to go on these walks on my own. I needed someone there. I, I used to have nurses. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to do this shit on my own. But damn, that's fucking crazy. So. The recovery, so it, um, you was in a coma for a month, so then after the month they discharged you? No, I, well, yeah, yeah, I was I was in the hospital from December 28th to around the first week of February. And then, what, and then after February you went home and then all that stuff and you was like, it was like still. Yeah, that re- was, that's when the recovery started. I had tons of doctors coming to the house still, teaching me how to walk. I, I remember it took me like six months to even just like walk down a flight of stairs. We lived on the second floor, so I was carried up there. And then every time I'd have to go to the doctors, they would have to carry me down, put me in a wheelchair. And I was wow. go- I was living, living did, at doctors. Did you have like any moments where it's like, yo, this is getting too much. I don't know if I'm going to get past this point right now. Did you have any mental nah, breakdown like that? That, like- that, that never crossed my mind. I was like, I knew like my mom, she's so motivating and she would always be like, all right, this is going to get better. This is going to get better. Right. And uh, it did. You know, everything. Well, he, was, he was also 11 years old. I feel like if, if this happened at... Uh, at uh, like 17 years old, 18 years old, you've already gone through so many stages in your life. You're like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Yeah, Six yeah. months, yo. Like, I have to, how am I supposed to go to school? How am I supposed to deal with this? How am I, and you were homeschooled? Yeah, two years. I was I was out of school for two years. Right. That's a good, I guess, but Sal had a good point because I ain't going front. I didn't know how the fuck I was going to get through it. And like me, they were like, oh yeah, you'd be home in two days. And it was a week. And like the fifth day, I'm like, yo, like, mm-hmm. I was kind of having those thoughts, bro. I don't want to say suicidal thoughts, but I just wanted this shit to end. No, you want to hear some? So I just was going through some old papers, and I found some, like, stuff with suicidal, homicidal thought. Like, oh, the that dude, you wrote? 
yeah. So I, I used to go to a therapist because okay. because of this whole shit. They used to, oh they, shit. They used to send me. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They they sent me to a therapist, and I would just be like, "Why are you like? I'm trying to be a, a kid now. Like, why do I have to go sit in a doctor's office and have all this stuff going yeah. on? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to kill this guy. Like, this guy did this to me. Like, I was I was thinking of all these crazy things. Yo, mm-hmm. I was thinking that too with my doctor. Like, I just found he, I just found it. Yo, he used to come in my room, right? My hospital bed. I made this, and I look, used to look at him. I loved him, but I fucking hated him because I looked at him I'm like, you motherfucker, you did this shit to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, the whole, I was in pain. I'm thinking it's because of him, but it was because of him. You know, mm-hmm. I just had those thoughts too. I really had bad thoughts, but for you to really cope with that pretty well, it seems like, yeah. it's like amazing, especially with your mother. Talking about mothers, my mother was my rock during the whole shit too. Right by my side, sleeping on a hard ass fucking like couch they had. And it was like this, like this fucking wood she was sleeping on every day, yeah, didn't yeah. go to work. So, like, me and you kind of have, like, that similar story, you know what I'm saying? I could connect. And, like, your mom, you said, is, like, your everything. Like, with Sal's story, his mom is his rock. And then, like, I know you said you wasn't really that close with your, your father, right? Yeah, he, he, he was around. He was in and out. But yeah. we, we, like, we had some rough rough patches in our life. But yeah. we, we, we squashed a lot of them. Up. That's what it's about, though. You know what I'm saying? Living and learning. Reconciliation. Yep. Yeah, that's how you gotta let you gotta let things go. Yeah, yeah forgiveness is is huge. Yeah, it's, it's major key, and just like his story, man. Like you know, you grew up in that woman household, and your mom held you down. That's that's amazing. I actually want to touch something real quick, just because as as a man and as as guys and as as a son too. Yeah. For myself, um, I would say me and my father uh, reconciled our relationship at the age of like twenty two, which is two years ago for me. And of course, I did my whole thing, did my whole life and whatever. But that reconciliation for me. Yeah. really impacted the next two years of my life. Hell so yeah. I'm just thinking as a son, did the forgiveness and reconciliation of that relationship, whatever happened, happened. Yeah. But from that reconciliation on, did that change something in you as a as a man? Yeah, well, as, a, as just a person, I feel like when you let things go uh, later in life, things could be better. Like, I feel like that's that's how the world works. Like, I don't know if you guys, like, touch on, like, things about like chakras and stuff anything like bro yeah no, i'm just saying yeah, like 100%. meditation like if you like meditate towards like certain parts of your body like let's say you don't let something go chances are like maybe like 40 years from now you're gonna have you're gonna die of like a heart attack or a bro- like pe- yeah, you ever yeah, hear yeah. people dying of broken hearts yeah like, absolutely because like, oh for sure because of like grieving That's and stuff a, like yeah, that yeah. So nothing i'll have to st- i i've experienced a lot of physical pain due to emotional pain yeah that's it's all and, and, and yeah. i'm not gonna lie there were certain points where like i felt like i was getting stabbed in my chest yeah for sure you know from emotional pain yeah where and then i heard my like, yo i mean god only knows what could happen but how'd you get how'd you even get into like the meditation and chakras and all of that too like that's I that's mean, next level stuff through through uh just going through going, going through some going pain going through some pain i mean yeah that's how you that's how you get there you just i'm i just love learning I, I think everybody should just continue to learn forever like just don't go to school and do up to 12th grade and stop reading like don't do that like just continue on forever Education. and educate yeah. your life yeah right. for your life so, so i just want to bring it back to your story those are just great shit y'all was talking about i just want to bring it back to your story so when you got fully healed, you said you start when you got fully healed. So the process homeschooling, you're doing constant therapy. And then when you got that clearance, like when you start feeling good, you know what I'm saying? You got back into DJing? Yeah, I was mm. thir- I was just about 13. And um, I started like knowing a lot of people in the street. So I, 
I actually like, oh, Tesla's back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I actually started as a promoter, and I was promoting a club called Panache back in the day. And I ran into one of the promoters, and I was super young, and I was like, yo, I was like, can I MC? I started MCing. That's why I have a mic on me. Mm-hmm. So I started MCing as like like hosting like a little like wet t-shirt contest, like stuff like that back in the day. And, and how old were you at that point? Thirteen. 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 Bro. And uh, thirteen. Teen nights. And. Uh, <laughs> At that time, my grandma had bought me turntables for my birthday, so I started like really getting back into the the music end of it. And since I ha- had like such a little following during that time, I used to tell the promoters, "I'm like, yo, I saw a DJ, can you get me on?" And then from there on, I was working with a lot of a lot of guys. At like 14, I was in the clubs. 14, you was in the clubs, and you just had that connect. You know what I'm saying? 14. What are some big time you hit in big time clubs at 14? Oh, the spots that were in Brooklyn. Uh, those were at the time were big, big to me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Just, I mean, just, yeah, just for, yeah, for sure. You're doing 14, anything at fourteen. You're fourteen years old. You're DJing, and then, you know, what I'm saying, describe your life like with the whole the whole DJ experience of fourteen. You just blew up as the years gone by and whatnot. Um, and then, but like, was there any other setbacks besides the coma? Yeah, I was when I was fifteen. No, two thousand fifteen. Excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, in two thousand fifteen, I um ended up getting skin cancer. I was diagnosed with skin cancer. And um, from there, I was like, fitness is a part of my life. So, uh, because I had to start like learning about how to take care of myself. Yeah, because it's cancer, and the cancer just came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, well, it, it runs in my family. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then talk about, how's it running family? Because you're... My mom, my mom, my grandmother, my mom had breast cancer, 2011. And, um, my my grandma had throat cancer at the same time as her, so I was going to college. I was going to college to be an actor. Mm-hmm. I was always DJing, but I always was like I had a regular job. I was DJing and I was going to college, so I was going to college to be an actor. I got scouted by Saturday Night Live, and just around that time, they um, I had to drop out because they had cancer, and I was like, I gotta hold my family down. Yeah. I knew I knew like somewhere in the future I w- I could jump back into it. You know, fuck yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. 2015. And then, yeah, then two, 2015, <clears throat> I ended up getting diagnosed with skin cancer. And, uh, well, 2014, I started noticing something growing on me. And I was like, I got I to gotta go to the doctor. I got to go to the doctor. But my insurance wasn't allowing me to go get a checkup. So I had to wait a full year in order to get checked out. I went to the same shit. I went yeah. to the same shit with health insurance during that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I had, I had to get... Uh, I they seen one and then like I see a couple other. I'm gonna give you three biopsies. The one on my back came back good, and then two on my stomach came back cancerous. Yeah, cancerous. So I was like, all right, let's take care of this. So they ended up just taking it out. Thank God I didn't have to do anything further than that. And I was like, now this is like I really I like I started working out. I knew it was it was, it was good for me. Like 2013, I knew I I should be working out, but I didn't know anything. I would walk in the gym, look at the weights, try to watch a few guys. Right, you didn't. You didn't give. You didn't give a fuck. Basically, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It was like whatever. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. Saying? But then, I, as soon as soon as that happened, I was like, now it's turning up. So one day, I was working out in a sports club, and uh, Brooklyn Tank at the time was in there, and I was doing lunges, and I was I wasn't doing them right. And he's like, Yo, bud, this is you shouldn't do them this way. I was like, Yo, I know you from somewhere. I was like, One of my uh, buddies, I, I just opened the gym because I was a DJ, Jerry B. He was a promoter. Okay. And he's uh he's one of the owners of Badass Academy. Shout yeah, out to Jerry. Yeah, shout out to Jerry. Shout out to Anthony Espo Word. and Jose. 
Okay, wow, small fucking world. Yeah, small world. And uh, and uh, Tank at the time was working for them. And uh, he's like, you know, I'll hook you up if you want to you wanna come train with me whenever. I was like, all right, I'll, 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 take, I'll take that in consideration. So then fast forward six to eight months. And uh, after I got the, the cancer taken out, I was like, I got to call this guy. So I called him and I worked out with him for two years straight. Wow. Fuck. And that's crazy, again, how our stories relate. Because you had that growth and, like, it took me with the whole fitness and whatnot. It took me, like, how can I say this? Like, I had to grow from like, yo, I got to get this checked out. Because my dad, his shit could have been avoided if he, like, maybe went earlier or was taking care earlier. So I'm like, yo, I got to get checked out. Yeah. You say you was getting this stuff. When I had a biopsy, I had the same thing. And I was like, you know what? Let's take this shit out, like, right now. When he said, all right, it's not cancerous, I was like, all right, let's take it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Get this shit out the way. And it's just crazy. And then it's just certain shit that sparks you, that makes you realize, that brings that spark, that makes you realize, like, yo, shit, I really need to take care of myself and go into fitness. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You with, like, me with my surgery, my cancer, me going to football made me realize I have to work out. You with everything you've been through in the skin cancer was like, I, right, I really need to take this shit serious. Yeah, because yeah. before football, like you said, I was like, yeah, I'm doing body weight. I don't need to touch no fucking weight, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I was doing the same shit. Then when people were like, yo, E, like, if you want to play football, you know what I'm saying? I looked around. I'm like, yo, I'm really fucking scr-. I'm not the biggest guy, but I was like, yo, I was really fucking scrawny. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if I really want to be elite in that next level, I really want to compete, I got to work out. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, And then with you, it was just like, oh, shit, like, I'm doing this shit wrong, and I really got to take care of my health. Yeah, and especially, and especially just to take care of my family. Like, you know, I'm not a big believer in genetics. I believe who you surround yourself with is what you're going to turn out like so you you could see a you know a big family and they all develop diabetes right they're and all eating the same shit mm, you know what i'm mm. saying so i was trying to be like all right i gotta educate myself so now i could tell my family this is how we should be mm-hmm. so how we were still working out with tank how, how old was yeah, i we still working out with tank. How old, what year we in 2020 like 23 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like twenty three. Yeah, and but talking about like who you surround yourself with, and like the, you know, we had that in the last episode. Um, if newcomers or anyone that been tuning in with energy and vitality, we talked about that. Like you know, energy yeah. and who you're around. Yeah, yeah, he's actually really big on that as well. Mm-hmm. That's why we vibe and then, connect. So, and yeah. exactly, Wait, we then had he, the same temperature when we walked in. Ninety eight point four. Look at that. That's how energy works, yo. <laughs> you're saying you're saying how that's running your bloodline. You're trying to change that up and whatnot. Yeah, and for that's sure. and that's big time. You know, saying. So um, I just want to dive into like, how did you um with Vitaly here in fitness too? It's crazy how shit just aligns and how everything like kind of happens for a reason. We could I'm gonna try to draw everything in near the end, but like, how did you meet Vitaly? Cause your story of how you met Vitaly is kind of yeah. similar to how me and Vitaly got close. I'm gonna tie that in, but yeah. how did you guys like meet and get that bond? You could jump in. You want me to jump in? Here you go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, <laughs> his uh, his group of buddies and my group of buddies had beef. Uh-oh. We were part of uh, different neighborhoods. He was part of um, a neighborhood. Tiger Heights. I was part of <laughs> Bensonhurst. 13th Avenue. 13. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody, everybody hated us back in the day, but man. He yeah, was, was a lot different from from all of them, you know, all of them hood rats and shit. You know, I was part of 18th Avenue, blah, 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 and whatnot. I never had problems with anybody. It was just my crew. 
um, specifically some certain certain dudes that just always had loud mouths and wanted to start trouble. And yeah. I was just, you know, we were kids, teens. Yeah. You know, we didn't have social media. We were just out here doing what we had to do and hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And um, he was telling me, because I don't remember too much, how uh, I think I was with somebody on a bicycle. Yeah, I think it was Nick. It was Nick, and and they rolled up on us, and and um, you know he tried to defuse the situation. They, they'll roll they'll roll up on anybody that comes into the neighborhood, and they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. "Who yeah. are you? What are you doing here?" Blah blah blah. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and this that, is what we used to go through, like bullshit. Yeah, he used to ride. I remember you as a kid just riding bikes all all around, all the time. And he bro. was, I guess, at the time there was always tons of people hanging out on Thirteenth, and he came up, and then I guess the kids I was with, they would just problem stars they always yeah. want to rob somebody that came up and what wasn't from the same neighborhood and mm-hmm. i knew him through somebody else i met him through some like a girl or something mm-hmm. we were friends with and we were just cool you know we, we, we were just cool and then like they tried like messing around i'm like yo chill yo he's cool he's cool mm-hmm. right and then uh we would see each other throughout the years and just say what up to each other right yeah. so it was like that mutual relationship, like, oh, you run the neighborhood, yo, what's up? Yeah, yeah I know, exactly. I know him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's mutual respect. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 but yeah. how did y'all? What, what, like, Vitaly was telling before this that y'all really close. So what, what mended that? You know what I'm saying? I was DJing, so I was a resident DJ in Cancun for like four years, and uh, one year, one year he must have seen I was DJing like the year before, and he's like, yo, I'm coming with you next year, and just like maybe a month or two before, he's like, yo. Can mm-hmm. I come with you? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, roll, roll up, yo, we'll, we'll go together. Yeah, I was always hearing about Cancun, yo, it's the greatest time, it's the greatest time. I'm like, yo, fuck, I gotta go, man. I need a, a nice little trip. I'm, I'm single, like, let me get at this, you know? And uh, yeah, seeing it in his story, I was like, yo, I gotta come. We uh, we talked on the phone a couple of times. Um, I booked my flight and whatnot, and we happened to have the, the same room. Um, and like I was saying last time, um, I remember the night we actually went to the airport, I had gone out to a bar and we were going at like 5 a.m. to the airport. So I stood out. I was like, I'm not going to go home. I packed my stuff prior and he came to pick me up from the bar. It's crazy. It was like 5 a.m. and I'm still like extra drunk and shit. I'm like, oh shit, forgot my credit card. We had to go back to the bar and then boom. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, and then there we took off. And just started, bro, just from conversations. We, I remember just, remember working out. We, we even worked out out there. And I wasn't even like crazy, crazy. That's right. We, I still have like an old, an old video in, in my other account on Instagram. You were just doing like burpees and bullshit like that. Dips. Yeah. You, yeah. He was doing handstands on top. Remember that? that uh, yeah, yeah. So y'all was just having like the like casual conversations prior to Cancun. Like the yeah, regular yeah. relationship y'all had. And then it took Cancun to really spark that when y'all was in a room together and like I think when you go away somewhere with someone, that's mm-hmm. when you really get close to someone. Because yeah, yeah. you're yeah. away from all the bullshit, just your normal daily shit. So it's like you have no choice but to interact with those right. you're yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Plus, the, the energy out there is real, man. Like him on stage in front of all these people that are coming from everywhere. Every- you know, Australia. Not, e- yeah. Everywhere. And Canada. Then, and then be, me being right next to him, I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, it was yo, cool. Really cool. It was cool. so wild. So, 2,000 I, people just... Yeah. I could fucking I could fucking imagine, and that's wild because how I met like I mean it's sort of similar to how I met Vitaly, even though we didn't go away. I keep mm-hmm. on calling Vitaly Sal, but um, yeah. I met him. We 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 cordially on on IG just followed each other. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. we, he had good energy on social media. So do I. 
and you could tell I have that good energy. I don't. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So about it. So, so Sal, I seen him post on this was pre quarantine. I seen him post on him working out, and I'm like, oh shit, like that was fire. I knew he had some fire stuff, but you know that's when me and him really like I saw his like he was posting a lot. So I'm like, oh, that was dope. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, pull up. And I guess he probably saw my page. He saw that I was tra- I'm a trainer too, and I I like fitness and whatnot. So boom, right when you told me pull up. We got that connection, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. weird. It's all about energy. And then you even just tell him, yo, pull up to Cancun, you know what I'm saying? And that's how it mm-hmm. all just relates. Yeah. And then speaking about DJing, like, when did this shit really start to boom for you? Because, like, you're fucking DJing, like, Cancun, 2,000 people. And like I said in the introduction, you said you DJed for G-Unit, like, part G-Unit, like, Lloyd Banks, Red Carpet Events. So when did this shit, like, really start to, like, oh, shit, I'm taking off, like, with this DJ, you know what I'm saying? I had to be, like, 19, maybe, about about that age. But I was I started DJing just for, I was doing the, the clubs I was at, the promoters I was working with, hiring these these rappers, and um, I was the DJ, I was playing playing their music. It was just crazy, like, one incident, J, I, J, uh, I DJ for Jadakiss twice. Wow, and, legend. Wow, Jadakiss. Yeah. <laughs> legend. Holy Off shit. The first, the first time I DJ for him, it was it was cool. I was DJing at the time. It was called The Lot. Now it's called Bounce. Um, I was DJing for him there. The and, Bounce. Bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bounce, bounce. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, bounce. There's the only bounce. one. I know that one. So, uh, yeah. yeah. He just rolled up in a hoopty, hopped out, walked through the crowd like it was nothing. He's like, so I hopped down from the booth and he, I had to go in the back with him. He's like, yo, what, what music you got of mine? <laughs> I was like, I got a ton of your shit. Mad funny. So he's like, all right, I'm only doing five songs. I was like, all right, what five you want? He picked his five songs, why, all, all the mm-hmm. stuff. The last song I chose, um, it was one with a girl, with girl's vocal uh, a girl's vocal on was it. it by your side? Was it by your side? It wasn't by your side. That was one of the songs, actually. Yeah. It was uh, Smoking Gun. Okay. It was Smoking Gun. I forgot how the lyrics go, but um, I think he talks about some girl getting molested, some some crazy <laughs> shit like that in his in his in uh in the rap. But it wasn't it wasn't part of the five. So in the video, I actually have a video of him handing the mic back to me, and then I just dropped in Smoking Gun. And like the club went crazy, and then he he got hyped. Oh, and he got he just grabbed the mic back, and he's like, ah. he just went into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, that's bro. dope. That's that was, dope. Yeah, that that was. You created that organic moment. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Do so, you get those moments a lot? That was a crazy euphoria high too, and you make like yeah, the, cloud, when, the crowd go when you, crazy when you when you get like uh, somebody that's famous like shout you out. It just hypes you up even more. Yeah, you're like oh uh, shit, you know what I'm saying? I can name a ton. Joe Budden, Jules Santana, Jules Santana's. Really humble dude. He was shouting me out on Twitter. He ha- he was vibing. Uh, Fat Joe, I DJ'd for. He was alright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite moment as a DJ so far in your career? Probably, like epic moments. Probably so Cancun. Far. Cancun was yeah. Ep- epic. Yeah, it sounded like Cancun was a great experience. Like, yeah, but that was, like, was just, it was just really. it's just it's Vegas without the casinos. It's just mm-hmm. it's, Good way to it's put it. straight party vibes. D- despite the celebrities that you. You DJ for Cancun topped it all? Yeah, just the energy energy wise. I mean, 
it's a hassle sometimes when you're working with celebrities because they want to do what they want, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just like True. if you if you don't you know play something right, you, you're not you're not uh, on point because because if they roll up, I don't know exactly what what songs they want like mixed together. And if you don't do it right or like yeah, you don't it's cut all it off, at, on, yeah, like right there, yeah, right, right on the spot. There's no, there's, yeah, yeah, there's not there's, there's cut, no pre. There's, there's nothing, nothing. There's not. They just yeah. roll up. We want these five songs, so you don't know when they want the song to stop. It could be like. After the second chorus, so they'll say it on the mic sometimes. But if you're in the whole mall, they'll be like, "All right, DJ, next song, next song." Like you know, and then yeah, you got and a then I seen it, I, I seen it in a concert too. If you don't play the next song, the song that they want, yeah, you're tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, Some of them they, do. They'll just shit on you. They'll be like, yo, what the fuck? Like Biggie Smalls did that yeah, before. Yeah, oh, mad times. You know what I'm saying? Biggie Smalls. But that's and then. How was the red? Did you do red carpet events? Right? Yeah, I did a bunch. I was working with MTV, VH1, Oxygen. I worked with them for like uh, three years. I did all like based around uh, reality shows like uh, Mob Wives, um, Fox's um, X Factor. Mm-hmm. I, I worked with Paulie D. I was I was I used to make a lot of bootlegs for Crook and Clan mm-hmm. back in the day. I don't know if you ever heard nah, of Sizz and Riz. Shout out to Sizz and Riz. Shout out to them. I don't know you, but shout out love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were the guys who started this whole like DJing stuff. Like oh shit, what? Yeah, yeah. So I would Amazing. make music for them, like uh, for their site, and um, I would just blast DJs on Twitter just with like my mixes and stuff like that, and they would play them. And I hit Paulie up. I remember tweeting at him a bunch of times, and then he DM me. He's like, "Yo, send me a folder." I sent him a folder. And then, like, maybe a few months later, I ended up doing an event with him. Wow. I was like, yo, make a drop for me. And he's like, all right, I'll make a drop for you. I can play the drop. I have it right on my oh, phone, shit. too. Oh, yeah, we could definitely play that. Yeah, play it, find it, find it, find it, find it. But, it's right here. No, I got oh, it. You got it? Yeah, I can um, pull it right up. All right. But, I, uh, just, I just have one, one thing to ask you. For any DJs, upcoming DJs or DJs trying to rise up, Yeah. what advice would you give them? Because it sounds like, to me, the biggest piece of your upcoming and your fame of notoriety of DJing and whatnot was marketing and word of mouth. Crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. So would you say that's very important? Yeah, it's very important. And just be annoying, but don't don't abuse it. Like uh just keep keep focus on what on what you want to do and uh have a clear point who you want to work with, you know, because it, it it get it gets touchy in the music industry. When you say be annoying, you being like like be consistent, like persist on hitting yeah, people up. Yeah, keep keep hitting people up, and even if they say no, to it, collab, not not even collab. Yeah, collab, whatever. If you want to be on the radio, it's like it's like it's like personal training, Adrian. Like you know, what I'm saying you got to keep engaging yeah. and connecting yeah. and trying to throw your word out there. You know, trying yeah. to see because people you gotta gonna get shoot, yourself out there. You have the network. Yeah, people are gonna shoot you down. They're gonna just they they're not gonna yeah. answer. Not gonna yeah. answer. Sometimes people just forget. They don't they don't look. But you just keep 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 face. Right, because I know maybe. Some DJs probably listening, you know, and the way you came up, you know, it took you something. You've been doing it for years, but like, you know, you reaching that type of from 14 until now, yeah. you know, it's like you kind of had that like, that li- you know, it was up and down. We kind of had that path set, f- not set for you, but it was like, I don't know, God just aligned it, I guess. Yeah. And like people would be like, oh shit, how the fuck did that? Because me, I'm like, how the fuck? Like, this, sh- this guy, yeah, how did somebody get, how did yeah. somebody get somewhere? And it's just like word of mouth and I think it's just like you with that good energy and just reaching out to people and whatnot and making sure, you know, your work is solid too. Yeah, Because if you work with trash, yeah. they're not going to work yeah, with you. you got to, you got to be uh, prepared. Right. You have to have a solid product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with fitness and just, and with fitness now, you're just going harder than ever because of what life thrown at you, right? 
Absolutely, and it's good to surround yourself with uh, good people, you know, that's, like I said before, if you're eating shitty, like your family's eating shitty and something turns out bad in your life, well, sorry, those are the people to blame for that, you know, if yeah. you got good people around you and you're doing the right thing, it's going to rub off, yo, I'm three quarters, I say, I say it now, I'm three quarters pescatarian <laughs> because of him, yo, I've been eating fish, I never ate fish my whole life. Yeah, he hated seafood. What can yeah. you say for people... That are going through some rough shit, like you know, had had a major surgery and whatnot. What can you tell them? To stay on a stay on a good head, because the way you talk to yourself is uh is how is how you're gonna feel. Because I know, yeah, like you said, when in tough times, like your mind definitely plays tricks on you. Of course. And when you know me, and you have some of the thing. My mind was playing fucking hella tricks on me, and in my get back and recovery, I had to make sure I was talking to myself right. Because it was easy for me to talk left. But you know what? I didn't... There was no, like, negative voices coming to my head when I got in the get back. Like, when I got out to this hospital. It was during the hospital I had those... I had a lot of negative voices in my head. Despite my mother being around the nurses. Like, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yo, this shit fucking hurts. Like, all this shit. Like, how the fuck am I bounce back? Like, yeah, I was talking, like, like cursing in my head. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this... Like, how am I going to get through this? And then when I got out, that shit went away. And I just, like, got in my zone. I took it, like, day by day and i just like envision myself constantly envision myself getting better you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying going back to the way it was because i was a monster before surgery then i lost all that shit like this bro mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and with your but you got it back yeah i got it back and that's it's just all like, that's all that matters bro the get back is all that matters and like with your story it's just like a true testament of how like god does like literally like as cliche as it sound, everything is for a reason. He doesn't want anything going for And him. Everything, me and Adrian was talking about it before. It, it Like what, what you said with the the life, it takes like the opposite of like, oh, fuck. Um. No, 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 no. We were talking about just simply like, yo, you can never cherish those great epic moments of your life if you didn't experience yes. the exact opposite of yes. it. How can you experience great happiness if you never yeah. experience great sorrow? Yeah, yeah, you have You know, so back to what Ethan was saying, basically it's a matter of, you know, God's never going to let anything you go through go through in vain. You yeah. know, it's not going to be for no reason. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be for... for it's a for test. You. Exactly. You know, it's a testament to who you are as a person, you know, and it develops to who you are, who you are today right now. Because mm -hmm. that's what fucking exactly happened to him. You know what I'm saying? Life is good and boom. Like, you know what I'm saying? God. Right before, like, right before Christmas, that surgery, you know what I'm saying? Three days before Christmas, boom, your whole life changed. Yeah, but look at look at the course. Maybe you didn't, you you wouldn't have taken your life as serious as you did because I always of that, I always think of know? that. I was a little brat at that age. I was a I was a brat. That's just and not it, and it, it, yo, it, it humbled mm -hmm. the shit out of me because it's like, all right, now you gotta you gotta take it down a notch. Talking about that, like I thought I was humble too until I got hit with that with you know my dad passing away and with near death for me. Like I thought I was humble. I thought I was a humble ass kid, but I wasn't. And that was a guy like telling me like, humble the fuck up, you know. Now God, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> humble, humble up, yeah, you know, and Life. go ten times harder. You know, what I'm saying that shit made me go ten times harder. And with you, like, look how hard you're fucking going with like the DJing, the fitness. You're looking good out there. I saw a video of you working out with doing sales class. You was looking good, and you're looking good. You know what I'm saying? You came a long fucking way, and just like how everything just aligned in your favor. You know Hell what I'm yeah. saying? And there's then, but there's always always oh, gonna be ups and downs. Right, always ups and downs. But I think like the coma and like the cancer, like that shit just woke you up. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It, it teaches you. So last year I had a, I lost somebody, my grandma, 
and mm. she was uh she was a huge inspiration to me growing up and that i took really 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 hard and that that was a pain that i never felt and i felt a lot of pain explaining to you guys like yeah. and that was a pain that i never felt and like she, I, I watched her die like Shit. and uh yeah. and it was just like it was an eye opener as in like wow this shit's real and then two i was like i was humbled to like to see because she was so like um scared people are always so scared but the way she passed away she was it was peacefully so it was like everybody's so scared of death because they don't know what's gonna happen but you you just go and that's and yeah. that's and that's the way it is and you just gotta live talking about that it's crazy how the fuck we relate because i see my grandma i not my grandma i see my grandpa like die in front of me too yeah you know what i'm saying i saw his last breath and whatnot and polo's the polo's a strong man like bro we thought he was gone and then bro he like came back that's feel yep and then it was like same uh, thing last breath and then that was it and i was like holy shit i think everybody in life should experience that once because it's just it's just so uh it's an it's it just reminds you like that we're just human i don't know that shit you talking about that shit that shit gave me chills because it brought me back that shit yeah. really gave me chills because it brought me back because i remember that shit i still see it right now like my grand my grandpa laying there he was like and then, you know, taking that breath and it was like, boom, it was done. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just crazy. Like, yeah, you know she, she was my best friend. So I, I had her blowing up on Instagram and mm -hmm. like everybody, yeah, I, everybody, sure. everybody used to follow me. People yeah. used to see her in the street and like send me DMs like, yo, I see grandma. <laughs> I used to have like, yeah, she was like, she was a part celebrity, of her. A little yeah. bit of celebrity. Yeah. 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 Grandma Tessa. She became like part of everybody's life that followed him on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Right. She really became something. And, like, yeah. all of us kind of have these, like, similar stories of, like, the hardships we went through. Like, you know what I'm saying? You never know what people are going through. Like, I used to be a guy that was like, oh, they don't have a hard struggle like me and whatnot. Or da-da-da-da-da. Mm. But now I put that aside. Like, I don't judge people because I don't know what the fuck they've been through. Like, me, yeah. if we was walking down the street and I see you or, like, you, me into this, I wouldn't expect you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even through your page, I would not expect that shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. And then when I'm at Sal, I wouldn't expect the story Sal told me in his, the, in his EP. Like, that was my first time actually getting to know his story. Yeah. Prior to that, me, I thought Sal was just living, like, a joyful Italiano lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, Pizza. not for nothing, you know, because, Sal, you always walk around with this great, positive, like, energy, super outgoing. So to hear you going with your mom and your dad and all this craziness, I would never, just like right. Ethan said, never yeah. expect it from you. Right. But that yeah. also goes to show it to you, too. You can see someone in the street who's super happy, super outgoing, mm. and they could be contemplating their suicide letter that night. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So another thing is too, don't hide behind that mask of, you know, mm -hmm. if you are going through some shit, talk. go talk to someone. Yeah, talk people about are it, going man. through shit, yeah. man. You know, hey, don't just put out that people. facade. And yeah. that's what this podcast is for. Um, Charlamagne was talking about it. I was watching it with Ti. If anyone wants to tune in, I don't know Ti's podcast, but Ti was Charlamagne the guy. And he was like, you know, we have to. Mental health is very important, and I think this that's what this podcast is aiming about is mental health. We have to talk about our story. and We have to share it. Because not many yeah. people talk about it. Yeah, and then that's why sure. it affects them. And then the more they hear about it and the more they're aware that they're like, oh, Other he goes through it too. Yeah. He goes through it too. It's like, oh shit, I'm not alone out here. And then they could relate and they could cope with it better. And that if we, we're still standing despite the shit, like they could still stand... They can yeah. still go through it too, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And stand tall. That's why they got meetings for this shit. They legit have circles. And, and it, people are sharing their stories because... It's not something to be ashamed of. You know, you, everybody's going through something. Right. And the more exactly. you share with everybody, the more you 
connect, make mm-hmm. connections, you know, and yeah, grow. Yeah, and like you said, to be compassionate and passionate mm-hmm. and to not just think of yourself, but to put yourself in that other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And just chase, that's, what this, that's why it's called Brothers in the Deep End because we're talking, you know what I'm saying, we're Brothers in the Deep End by this shit and like those that come through, like we just build this bond. Like already I'm like, I feel mad close to DJ Tesla. Like <laughs> I feel like, you know, I know him, but like you're my yeah. brother, like Sal's my brother now, you're my brother too. And we just talking about some deep shit. So Tesla, like, I really appreciate you saying my story. Yeah. And like anyone listening out there, like literally, as cliche as it sounds, what you're going through is for a reason. Whatever the fuck it is that yeah, you're going through, the down. hardship, the breakup, yeah. you went through some horrible shit, it's for a reason. Yeah. Now, like my dad told me, better days are ahead and they are ahead because I would have not thought about that when my dad was nearly passing away. Mm-hmm. I was like, how the fuck could th- days be better? But every single day, I keep on taking a step forward and it gets better and better. And despite even if it's a, it's a little fuck up or whatnot, like, I still came a long way and it's still better. I don't know. I'm still progressing. Life's going to get yeah. better. Bro, Just, we're young still. Yeah. <laughs> and keep, you know, and look at that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's Tezos booming DJ shit. I want to be a fucking DJ because he's talking about that. I always wanted to be a DJ, but that was yeah. inspiring. Mm-hmm. Shit, I might even, I might even fucking I didn't get on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. I got you. Yeah, I have come listen, through the next party we have work. no age yeah. too. You have people in their fifties and sixties still walking into blessings. So right. oh, still for sure. messing right. up at fifty and still on the come up at sixty. So mm-hmm. it doesn't That's hold so against true. it. Doesn't discriminate against age. You know, so mm-hmm. anyone at any age, you can always yeah. have a come up. Even always if you're get down. better. Yeah, always. always. And you just never know what life has installed for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you just got, you got to stick with that, that passion that you have and that gift because yeah. his gift was DJing, as you can see. And now he's unlocking another gift, which is fitness and possibly, you know what I'm saying? Reaching out, possibly becoming like a motivational speaker telling us, I don't know. He's trying to get certified yeah. for yeah. fitness. Yeah. 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 Another, another passion, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's just crazy how God just does everything. I'm a big believer in God yeah. and just the people you're around, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That yeah. was that was one of the one of the reasons why I was also DJing besides the music end of it, but I wanted to grow a following so big that I could get to a platform and inspire a lot of people at once. So and is that the is that the the the, the vision for Tessa? Yeah, that was that that that, 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 that is, is the vision yeah, now. That is the vision to because to, to tell my story like I'm doing right here because I feel like you know people are down in the dumps with certain things in life and you know certain people have it harder and they realize you know. Stop making excuses. You know? It's a gift to be able to help people. And when you have yeah. a certain positive energy like this man does, and despite everything that he's been through, bro, he's one of the most positive kids that I know. I'll get stuck in traffic and fucking <laughs> start getting pissed off. He'll never get pissed off, you know? Because he's seen how real life can yeah, get. And it's just, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, fuck it. Like, it's not who gives like, a fuck? Life's too short to get pissed about Yeah, yeah. Little yeah, things, and, you, and you've been through the worst, you know what I'm saying? That's how I think about it too. It's like why why get tired of the little things we've already been through the worst? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Fuck man, what a great fucking story. I kinda got lost I lost my thoughts, but it's okay. I'm normal. <laughs> uh, human but, bro, human. But um <laughs> to close it out, just uh you wanna pull up that that oh, that, yeah, that, that. D? So oh, what yeah, is this yeah. again? What is this that we want to drop for us? I was doing, uh, it was at the time, it was called the Long Island Music Conference. It was funny. Walter, what were we, what were we I, I could even show you something my grandma did. I mean, my grandma, she didn't know. All right. <laughs> I could even show you something play, my play, grandma play. did. My... I think you think with uh, Paulie D. Yeah. Yeah, put it in the mic. Hold on. 
I appreciate you yeah, coming. Big time. Yeah, Telling your story. It. it was inspiring because it gave me again another like wow eye opener like like yeah. Sal's story. And it's like, holy shit, I thought I had it bad, but people have it twenty times fucking worse. My situation could be worse. Even your through. situation could be worse. But shit, man, we, we blessed. We're in a great yeah. state. If you listen to this, you blessed. You know what I'm saying? If you're tuning in, you're watching this, you're blessed. And I just thank y'all for anyone that's listening. Make sure you like. Subscribe, whatever, comment, Shit. um, follow DJ Tesla on his Instagram. What is it? DJ Tesla NYC. Okay, bada bada boom, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing. There we go. We're gonna close it out. Close it out. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. And I'm out of here. Peace, Peace out, everybody. Thanks, guys. Later.